and boom goes the dynamite. Skateboards, jumping cracks in the pavement Head high, never if, I'ma say when Days were together and we wonder where the time went Get together when the sun goes down Pick up some liquor, get people around Cops drive by so we don't make a sound Put the beers in the bushes and get down on the ground Nobody let me drive home Working while we still broke Living for the weekend, but it's over Good evening And welcome to a special beach break edition of Boom Goes the Dynamite The AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Aloha, Jeff. <laughs> you know, anytime, any, anytime anybody says aloha, it just reminds me of Mr. Hand and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. If you well, I'm glad you're not you said aware. Mr. I'm glad you said Mr. Hand and not Mr. Hands. Yeah, no. So that's, yeah, come on, that's man. Good. That's good. <laughs> Because it's island vibes. We can't have Mr. Hands coming in and ruining our island vibes. There are animals on this island, all right? There's a dinosaur on the island. There's a Tasmanian devil on the island. There's a wedding on the island. There's oh, a, there, I mean, Adam Page is there, so there's definitely a horse on the island. A horse on not the want, so we definitely don't want Mr. Hands there, is all I'm saying. Oh, boy. So tonight was a special edition of... Uh... Tonight was a special edition of AEW Dynamite, their beach break show. Yep. Um, it was the it was the beach island show, and much like Jacksonville, it just ended with a bunch of people fighting and some get, people got married, too. It, yep, it, it sounds like Jacksonville all over. Jacksonville it? Beach Day, folks. <laughs> um, have you been keeping up with either Impact or Dark? Uh, I did watch Dark today, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was some pretty good stuff on it. Uh, Brody Jr. on commentary continues to impress. Uh, and a, I got to say, a fantastic waiting room segment, probably the best one yet. And that includes that awesome Marco stunt musical part. But uh, they had uh, Ricky Starks on as the guest. And it was just Ricky and Britt getting super horny for each other the whole time. And then Tony, <laughs> Tony coming in and throwing cold water on it. Oh, and, boy. Uh, it was a very fun segment. So yeah, there was some good stuff on dark and it was, uh, it's worth going back on, uh, some of the key segments I'd say. Well, wait, what are you drinking? Oh, uh, we are drinking a delicious, uh, Aldi brand hard seltzer. Oh, okay. Of the raspberry variety. Oh, I, I have nothing so ostentatious. I just have the chocolate melt stout from, uh, short fuse brewing in schiller park illinois so yeah far less ostentatious yes far less ostentatious so with that we go live to daily's place in jacksonville florida for the beach break edition of aew dynamite your hosts jim ross tony Schiavone, and excalibur we start right off with a 10 team tag battle royale uh the the teams in question being and this is in no particular order take a uh, deep breath the Young Bucks, Jurassic Express, The Dark Order, The Beaver Boys, Santana and Ortiz, Jericho and MJF, Sammy and Hager, 
Top Flight, Private Party, and The Acclaimed, who I was starting to get worried that we hadn't seen The Acclaimed for for a few minutes, but here they were in this match. So Yes, and, oh, and also a team that was heavily featured on AEW Dark. They had a whole music video and all kinds of stuff. So, um... Stars. You know what? This match, usually I, I think these matches are complete clusterfucks. This actually, I thought, was pretty well done, actually. Um, I forgot to update my, uh, my payment, uh, method with the, uh, the service I use to get, uh, like to get some of these TV channels. And so I missed the first like eight or nine minutes of this, but the rest of it that I saw, I really did enjoy. It was a fun, uh, it was a fun, uh, it was a fun little match. And, uh, what was great was and the finish seemed really effective. So I only caught probably the last, like what, five minutes, maybe six minutes of it. It was about a 15 to 20 minute. Yeah, it was right, a 15-minute 15, 15 match, yeah. Something like that. I, I caught the back half uh, effectively, I would say, of it. And, yeah, I got to say, like, the, the finishing parts were really good, and it got to a conclusion that made sense story-wise, but uh, is unfortunate if you're tired of the inner circle, which I think, they're inner, I think inner circle fatigue is happening, mm-hmm. which I – you know, we're going to talk about a little bit more because there was some more development uh, on that front later on in this show. But, uh, yeah, I think – I don't know, man. How would you feel about the finish and, and who your winners are? You know, I I, I would have preferred a, you know, a, a better team than Jericho and MJF, but uh, who, who were the winners after a, a Judas effect onto um... – The most devastating move in all of professional – wrestling um but uh yeah and, and and earlier in the match there was some interference from the good brothers in order to help out the young bucks but that kind of backfired on him so that was that was pretty funny i thought um yeah. but uh yeah jericho and mjf are your winners yeah i mean they have been building to this but you know the story of course is not the fact that jericho and mjf are going to challenge the bucks the, the story here is that this is going to implode the inner circle and right and and there was some things that like uh, Santana and Ortiz were eliminated by the Young Bucks in pretty quick succession without much help from uh, the rest of the inner circle. Um, and Sammy was eliminated by Chris Jericho. Yes. So there was uh, there's some stuff there that's going to sow a little more dissent there. We're going to uh, revisit that later on in the show. Uh, following that, we get a, a vignette of uh, Jade Cargill in the gym. And holy shit, is she ripped. Whoo! Yeah, hose me down. Uh, I just hope she can wrestle because if I mean, she, the athletic you know, because, is obviously there. She is if she is can, shredded. yeah, because she's already yeah she's already ripped and shredded. If she can actually wrestle, holy shit, we got a winner here. You we know? know that she needs to work on the promo stuff, but that can come with time. Or you can find an AEW has found really good veteran leadership. Uh, for talent like Jade. So even if she's a little lacking in the promo department, that can be fixed. But, you know, the bell rings eventually on everybody. So, yeah, she does have to be able to carry herself. This is a tag match that I expect Red Velvet and Cody Rhodes to carry. Um, And I think they'll do well. From what I've seen of Red Velvet, I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I like Red Velvet, so let's let's keep moving. Um, after that we have, but uh, oh, be- real quick, best Jade promo or vignette or presentation yet. Like this is the best way to present her, uh, and the most effective, I think. So this, this got me a lot more invested. Um, we come back from commercial break and we have Tony Schiavone in the ring, ready to receive 
Darby Allen and Sting. So Steve Sting, of course. Well, I said Steve accidentally, but that is his name. It turns out Steve Sting. Uh, Steve Stinger um, ruins the whole. Steve beach. Stinger. <laughs> Steve Stinger accidentally. Steve Stinger is like a Sting cover band, like a tribute <laughs> band. He's like on the Indies. Like he uses like the like the. It's like the uh, uh, the bright colors like Sting face paint, like the <laughs> surfer Sting. Steve Stinger. And he's singing, all this time, the river Oops. flows. Hey, tip your bartender. Um, Steve Stinger showing up at the Outlaw Mud shows. <laughs> um, so, of course, Sting, you know, ruins the whole beach effect by, you know, bringing the snow with him, which, Jesus, man, come on, read the room. My God. He has literal magical powers. It doesn't matter if it's a beach. It will snow on the beach. When the Night King goes places, the snow follows with him. I mean, damn, man, just one time. Leave it, you know, leave it at home just one time. It would be very cool if he came out, like, as Surfer Sting because it was Beach Break. I feel <laughs> like that's a big missed opportunity. That would have been cool, but then, you know, the the whole point of him going to the whole crow look and, you know, not doing the, the blonde buzz cuts, I guess, I, I guess his hair was just absolutely getting... Yeah, he could just, like, wear, like, the wig. Or if he was just, like, wearing the face paint and had bright colors, we'd all get it. He wouldn't need to be blonde. That's true. That's true. Uh, Anyway, uh, this promo never really gets off the ground because Team Taz shows up on the mirror, as they are wont to do. I said mirror. I meant monitor. Um, And I guess they've been banned from the building. But uh, you know what, Team Taz? You know what? I, I told you, don't assault the workers, man. Oh yeah, they, no, definitely. They, they, they they, they, no, no, you were all They're for like, it. All because we beat up a couple of staffers. Yep, that's right. You you don't bring. Yeah, you, you gotta you, you gotta take your lumps. You don't beat up the hired help, man. I mean, come right. on. They're 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 just they're just trying to make a dime. They're just trying to pay them bills. They, yeah, they don't, so, uh, they don't want no trouble. They don't. They don't want any part of this drama. They're just, they're just trying to move some merch. Uh, you know, AEW is a t-shirt company first and foremost. So you know, they're, they're essential <laughs> workers. They're essential workers to this t-shirt company. You can't be messing with business like that. Uh, but uh, Sting just uh, cuts a real humdinger of a, a of an ending shot towards Ricky Starks because Ricky Starks, you know, ran him down saying, "You, you don't seem like you're the icon. You don't seem like." You're the man called Sting. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I got I got you, motherfucker. You know. But you know, Ricky Starks, of course, still one of the best dressed men in, in, in the whole in the entire you know, company. It was even pretty uh uh not even one of his best looks, but still dripping. Like he it, by by Ricky Stark standards, it isn't gonna be at the top of this. And I'll tell you about this promo. It didn't really get off the ground for me f- for any reason from anybody because I think we're at the point with this where the story's told and now we're just waiting for the match, right? So this one was just like, well, we already, you know, kind of did everything we needed to do. So, you know, we just need to kind of, you know, keep it moving along and remind the audience where we're at. So it was pretty expository and like kind of just, hey, we're still here. We're still doing this thing. And, you know, it's whatever. But I'm ready for the match for this. I'm ready for this one to pay off. So I've been ready for this match for quite some time. And we finally get it. Our second match of the evening, uh, Thunder Rosa contra Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, how about this? A women's match in the first hour of Dynamite. Uh, Whoa. How often Whoa. does this happen? Slow down here. Slow down here, okay? We can't just have these broads coming in and doing all this wrestling on this man's show, okay? No, uh, this is this is great stuff. Um, 
This was a, uh, you know, we talk about the women's division usually putting on the best actual wrestling of the night when they're given the opportunity to do so, uh, or at least to be uh, competing for the best wrestling of the night. And this was no different. Uh, Every time the women in AEW get a chance to show what this division is capable of, they do it and they did it here. Um, I, I, I really like the fact that this was a hard, a hot start. Thunder Rosa just going ballistic from jump. Yeah, it was a great, Um, like, uh, 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 stylistic clash of Thunder Rosa working really stiff, like really making it like a brawl and, uh, Brit like relying on technical prowess to try to counter that. And, uh, it told a really good story physically. Uh, yeah, I was impressed with uh, the the amount of mat work that this mat match actually had. Did oh well, Rosa can definitely do mat work, and Britt has improved so much in her year plus with AEW. Like she was like a pretty good wrestler with like the tools going into her run here, but she has improved. It seems week over week wrestling wise. Yeah, um, of course, you know Rebel, you know interferes to to set up the finish uh, when. Uh, Thunder Rosa was KO'd by getting knocked into uh, the middle turnbuckle, um, you know, from an exposed, you know, the exposed turnbuckle. Yeah, and so then- Reba exposes the turnbuckle, some stuff happens, and uh, Rosa gets put face first into it and is already out by the time she gets put into the lockjaw. Ref calls it, and Reba picks up another win. The so- real X factor in this thing, it's Reba. And I've talked about this before, but this whole engine runs on Reba. You you have said this before. The 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 motor runs on Reba as Reba goes, so does this whole Britt Baker thing. Britt's done great, but uh the addition of Reba really makes a like tremendous difference. Uh there's no way this is over at this point. No, absolutely not. And it shouldn't be. I want more. Good. I'm glad it's not over. I would like more of this. I would like Rosa to find someone to tag with in a Brit and uh, Rebel Reba against Rosa and somebody else tag. I think that would be a lot of fun. Given some of the names that get mentioned here in a couple of segments, um, we we could find some. But anyway, um, after that, we go backstage uh, from a, a, a vignette with uh, Adam Page and Matt Hardy and uh, Adam. Yeah, this just, is from a- last a- week. Yeah, a- a- Adam's just trying to get dressed, and and uh, Matt Hardy's talking. You know, a lot of big plans. And uh, look, man, just Adam Page just wants to get dressed. You know, but you know, big money, Matt. He's out here trying to chase paper, get get some clout, get some cash, uh, cut some checks, make some deals. Did you see Anna Jay dressing down uh, Adam Page? No, I did. I, 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 I only saw this in in, in GIF form. Um, oh. I, I'm thinking this is from being the elite, but yeah, basically, uh, Anna Jay just said that uh, you know Anna Page broke the entire Dark Order's hearts, and uh, you know he 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 needs to you know get o- get over himself so everybody else can can move on with their lives and become mm. a family again. So basically, mm. get the get the fuck out of here is what uh, mm. Anna Jay said. So some uh, some seizing the leadership reins from Anna Jay there. Very interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, no, it was it was a good little bit for you know just that that 
brief little bit that I saw, but uh, yeah. I don't know if I brought this up on last week's podcast, but I did listen to uh, Chris Jericho's Talk is Jericho episode with Anna J, and it was really good. It was very enlightening, and it was interesting to get a look into like uh, Anna J and how she feels about her journey so far, and like where she's at, and uh, like how she you know kind of got to where she is with Dark Order and everything. It was pretty uh, definitely worth listening to. Jericho's been on a run uh, like doing episodes with other like AEW talent and people, and they been really good i also listened to will hobbs and tony khan's appearances there they were they were uh, worth listening to uh, hopefully nobody spotted any weird conspiracy bullshit yeah as long as you don't get like some like covid deniers or like crazy transphobic flat earthers and stuff like it can be a pretty interesting podcast on that note our third match of the evening adam page and money matt hardy teaming against uh the chaos what are they called? The Chaos Project? Chaos Project. Chaos Project, Luther and Serpentico. Um, so I want to start doing a weekly game here uh, because every week it seems that somebody is co- quite possibly impersonating Serpentico. <laughs> uh, there's always a chance that whoever's under the mask is not Serpentico. Yeah, so that, I want to ask true. you. So every every time I see Serpentico from now on, I'm going to ask you who is under the Serpentico mask this week, and I want you to give me an answer as who's under the Serpentico mask. Uh, this week it was Marco Stunt. Okay, which I mean that's pretty rough because we saw Marco later. Well, we do, but it, see that that was just to throw us off the scent. Oh, so he was there, and then okay, well, well, I guess we'll have to we'll have to get back to that storyline if it was Marco Stunt. <laughs> I, my first thought it, that was it was Ryan Gosling. It was Deep Method Ryan Gosling. Deep, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, he's uh, doing research. He's playing a snake in an upcoming movie. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it, it it took me a long time, but I've recently, dur- I mean, during lockdown, I finally saw Drive, and I don't, oh, know, right. and, I, and I don't know why I I let it go for so long, especially since, um, oh God, why can't I think of her name all of a sudden? But mm. uh, you know, the 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 woman in that movie, yes. Yeah, of course. I, I don't got it either. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I, I know she's married to Marcus Mumford. Uh, Mumford and Son. Hang on a second. Ah, damn it. So it's Mumford and wife then? Yeah, pretty much. Hang on. <laughs> oh, God. What was her? What is her name? Mike. I am awful. This is Some, content. Sometimes I am awful, I, and I forget Carrie Mulligan. Names. Carrie Mulligan. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Why did I forget that? Because she was also in one of the best Doctor Who episodes of all time. Oh wow. Uh, Blink, which was yeah, a, an absolute classic of uh of, of of television. But anyway, uh, yeah, Ryan Gosling. Okay, you know what? I, I like that answer. I, yeah. Uh, okay, so Ryan, it's either Ryan Gosling or Marco Stunt. One of the two. Um. Long story short, decent match. Matt Hardy steals the win off of Adam Page. And, in the uh, same fashion he did to Private Party a few yes, weeks ago. Yes, I- indeed. I, I remember. So uh, call back to that little blind tag to steal the pin. And, uh, yeah, and Adam Page just looked kind of, you know, fucked off about it. He's like, eh, eh whatever. You yep, know? He does, and then he does raise Matt Hardy's hand and just go, eh, well, fine. I don't yeah, really care okay. anymore. Because, you know, taking the indifferent attitude of, like, well, it doesn't matter anyway because it's just a match. And I'm not really going to work with this dude, so who cares? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, After this. And the pursuit of Hangman Page continues. After this, 
we get a teaser for the upcoming Women's Eliminator Tournament. Now, I did not catch what venue this is going to be on. Is this going to be on, on Dynamite? Is this going to be a YouTube thing? I don't think they announced it either way. And I'm interested to see if maybe it is a YouTube thing or maybe they blend it or maybe it is. I don't I don't think they specified that. So I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, uh, they, they made some announcements here and um, they uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go through everybody. We'll, we'll, we'll run it down as we get closer to when it actually starts. But uh, at, at first they mentioned the, the first one out of the gate. They mentioned Aja Kong. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah. It's nice to see Aja Kong back. We saw her at the uh, Women's Battle Royale in Vegas, uh, and I was excited to see her come back. But then, the, the, the last name mentioned in the Japan bracket, I literally... <laughs> yeah, no, let's, let's do this. What? Try to recreate the sound you made when... <laughs> All right, perfect. <laughs> So mine was, I think it was, it was maybe, uh, it was maybe a little higher pitch, but you I think know, mine was, uh, uh, Maki Ito, ah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Maki fucking Ito. Soy boys making soy noises on this podcast. I don't care. It's Maki yeah. fucking Ito. It's Maki fucking Ito. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, the Japanese bracket absolutely stacked. The American bracket stacked. The American bracket featuring the return of Riho. My God. A lot of good stuff happening. Um, I hope they put this thing on dynamite because the more the most eyes possible should be on this uh, tournament. Yes, and goddamn Maki Ito, Maki yeah. Ito, it's huge. America is not ready for. Who do you think America is 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 less ready for? Aja Kong or Maki Ito? Less now, ready. Ito. Yeah, no one's ready for Maki Ito. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, we don't deserve Maki Ito, to be honest. We don't deserve uh, it. I mean, she is the world's cutest. The the world's. like So that's the whole world. That's not just America. That's the whole planet. All right, these ethnocentric nationalists don't understand what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. Well, yeah, America, you, trust us, if you don't watch DDT, you have no idea what you're in for here. Yeah, Maki Ito rocks. Uh, very excited for Maki Ito to get some AEW shine. Uh, very excited for this tournament. They have had successful women's tournament stuff in the four. The women's tag team tournament was awesome. We talked about it a lot on this podcast while it was happening. And uh, we thought you know, the YouTube thing was interesting, but ultimately it should have been on television. And hopefully this is too. Now, see, you fought me the entire way about the women's tag tournament. Saying when I said that this should be on Dynamite, and you fought me the entire way on that. I wanted the YouTube thing to work, and I don't think it didn't work. Now, don't get me wrong there. I think it is an interesting way to like grow the brand, but um, you know, given and, and this is with the gift of hindsight, given that they didn't spin it out into more women's tag wrestling on Dynamite, it feels like a more pointless exercise now. At the time, I figure you you have that, I guess, good faith reading of, oh, well, they have this thing on YouTube. Uh, it's going to get eyes on it, and they can transition that to using your winners of the tournament in Ivelisse and Diamante to kind of spawn more women's tag wrestling or to use the, I don't know, the medals they won more. Do fucking something, but it didn't really end up mattering. And so ultimately, it ends up being kind of a pointless exercise in putting it on YouTube. Yeah, they, so yeah, yeah they, I, I was I, I was wrong there. 
and I want I just wanted it to work. And I, I do like the idea of like using all your different, you know, avenues to give people content. And that's cool. But it has to mean something and it has to tie in. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up not doing shit about it. So Yeah, and that's the unfortunate part. And you know, this is for the number one contendership to the women's title, so they can't, you know, just put this aside. Uh the winner has to be, you know, built up for a title match. So you, you gotta put this on dynamite, to me, I feel like. Well, they they damn well better at this point it, because it sense. Anywho, uh, we come back and we get a uh, a promo of Jericho and MJF starting to celebrate with the rest of the inner circle, and uh, Sammy Guevara just noped that shit. Yep, he uh, was not pleased. Uh, you know, he again was eliminated by Jericho uh, inadvertently, quote unquote inadvertently, uh, and he's not feeling really great about this. So. You know, he says, why is it always us suffering and you and MJF are kind of going to the top? Um, yeah, I mean, Jer- uh, Sammy leaves the room. Jericho follows him out. You know, he doesn't want his son to be mad at him. So he runs out and chases him out. And uh, MJF uses this opportunity to say, hey, rest of inner circle, let's have a chat. The camera leaves the room and uh, MJF is left alone. With uh, uh, Santana, Ortiz, Jake Hager, and Wardlow. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. A power grab appears to be afoot. When we come back, we get AEW's first ever wedding in, in the history of this company. And uh, between uh, Kip Sabian uh, and Penelope uh, Ford. First of all... love a wrestling wedding. They they did this straight up the right way with James Mitchell. Oh as yeah, the minister. Oh yeah, the sinister minister. I like my ministers to be sinister when it comes to a wedding. It already gave it that Carney Vegas feel that it needed. I also liked uh, that Vicky Guerrero like walked up to uh, say that they were ready, but instead of Vicky like you know doing the Vicky thing, she was just very calm like, okay, it's time. we're ready. You know, it's yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Vicky did a great job just playing her role there. Yeah, and uh, Jer- Jerry Lynn giving away the bride. <laughs> like, quick, who's the dadliest man we have here? Oh, it's Jerry, Jerry Lynn. Lynn. <laughs> it's absolutely Jerry Lynn. The uh, easiest casting decision they've ever made. And uh, yeah, it, the uh, yeah James Mitchell doing the the best job he he possibly could, oh, and such absolutely a scumbag. I absolutely like, succeeded. And, and, the, and the, the scumbag minister for a fuckboy's wedding is just so perfect. Yeah, Kip could not leave the fuckboy behind, even on his wedding oh, day. It was great. He, I mean, we've talked about him being the best at this, but he really is the best at this. Like, he was just a slimy, despicable little shit, and it was so good. Uh, Penelope, she did pretty well too, except, you know, she, Until once she again, got she her vows literally interrupted by her future husband. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, what, what does that tell you, uh, uh about everything? And then of course, you know, the, the main attraction here, of course, was Miro who, yeah. you know, well, don't it, forget James, uh, 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 Mitchell saying, uh, to have and to grope. Right. We're not going to, we're yeah, not just, to, uh, to, ke- to kayfabe all others. <laughs> To kayfabe all others, <laughs> very good stuff. Yeah, um, the. Uh... But then again, you know, Miro, who who has PTSD from several of these things. Yeah, absolutely. It says no, 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 no. We, we're, we're, we're not on yeah, television. Yeah, we're, we're we're not doing this part. No, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. 
Yeah. Are you kidding me? That was masterful. And then you know he gave his his speech, and then you know we kind of ad libbed with the uh, the the uh, the the hat away. Yeah, and, which great job by the crowd. Very good job of the crowd. Miro said, what is love a couple times? And by the second time he said it, the whole crowd was chanting, don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really great stuff there. Uh, and, yeah, so he he milked that a little bit. And then when the when the box came up, I kind of felt Chekhov's box. Like, oh, well, yeah, well, Orange Cassidy's going to just be in this box, right? Yeah. And, and then they so they hit the box. No one's and as soon as he hit the box and there was no one in it, I go, I out loud go, oh, he's in the cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and we had a cake spot. Yeah, we, we did. had a cake spot. And also, yeah. Miro, it was it was a good way to get Miro out of there by chaining him to the. Uh, yes, that was good. Yes. Yeah, so while Miro was distracted, Chuck Taylor chains Miro. Uh, to like a pole or something, or to the ropes, right? So it's something over there. Uh, he, he stuck him down. Orange Cassidy pops out of the cake. Uh, Orange and Chuck beat up Kip a bit, uh, and we have a nice wedding. Yeah, it, we had a proper wrestling wedding. Proper wrestling Jacksonville wedding. It, it was it was amazing. That that that. I was, was just waiting for uh, Jason Mendoza from the Good Place to come out in a Blake Bortles jersey. But like, yo, this is the dopest <laughs> wedding I ever seen. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was that 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 was fantastic TV. Oh God, I, who do you think Jason Mendoza's favorite AEW wrestler? I have be? no idea. I don't know even know who Jason Mendoza is. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I don't. Well, I, no, didn't, I didn't watch The Good Place, so okay. sorry. Um, for those who watched The Good Place, my answer is for sure Cody. Well, you know, if you have uh you have an answer to which wrestler yeah, if, is if, Jason if Mendoza's you, favorite. Good place fans, if you want to uh, answer who's Jason Mendoza's favorite AEW wrestler, you can tweet us at BGTD Podcast on Twitter, which I will ask the question. I'm going to tweet about it so you can reply too. When we come back, we get footage from Shaquille O'Neal on the NBA on TNT, and I guess he has a he has a uh, a finishing move. What he call it? Black Tornado. I think he did say he did call it Black Tornado. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, apparently that match is going to happen on the March third edition of AEW Dynamite. Yes. Not and, not uh, at the pay per view. Ironically, that is interesting. What it, I wonder why? I guess maybe because we're just want to keep it on TNT, right? Uh yeah, that's possibly that. Uh, does the does TNT show the NBA on Sundays? Mm, it might be a game. That's a good, good point. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's got there's, he's got contracts, you know. That's true. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, that, I figure that between that and TNT wanting to keep him on their channel, like that's the whole point of this, right? They're cross promoting the Go Big Show. They're cross promoting inside the NBA and NBA and TNT. So you want to keep it all on the network. Yeah, you know, keep keep it in house. Our fourth match of the evening, Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer in a lumberjack match. Now, now lately, I've noticed this disturbing trend that nobody seems to know how a lumberjack match actually works. Yeah, so I have a solution for this, Jeff. I've been thinking about this a lot because, yeah, lumberjack matches in concept they sound cool and once in a while are good but in practice they tend to fall apart pretty easily and i think i have a pretty good solution for it okay let's make 
make all of the people around the ring dress like lumberjacks so they always remember what they're there to do. <laughs> they did that once. Uh, best friends did that. Yeah, that, but just the best friends did. Yeah. And, and by the way, they did a great job in that match. They did. So the proof's in the pudding, Jeff. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, the proof anyway. is in the fresh maple syrup-covered pudding. Because the, the, if you're a lumberjack and you're eating pudding, you got to have some syrup on well, it. Of course, know? yeah. Now I'm just thinking about maple syrup and ooh, pancakes. Um, in the meantime, the the best spot of this entire match was the, the table spot when uh, Butcher and Blade set up a table and then Bear Country just rammed them into it. <laughs> Love Bear Country. They've been on Dark a lot lately. Oh, my goodness. Well, maybe Bear Country needs to be migrating over to... Uh, to, to dynamite more often, I, I would say. I would like to see them. I think that this is inevitable. I think AEW really likes them, and I think we'll we will be seeing them on Wednesdays at some point. Uh, Lance Archer, of course, gets the win on Eddie Kingston, but not for a lack of trying by by Mr. Kingston. Uh, yeah, this this was a pretty fun yeah. match. It was a fun little match, right? I think that's the best way to say it. It was a fun little match. It wasn't too long. Uh, you know, it didn't give us like the full Lance Archer, Eddie Kingston treatment like we know it could be. But it was a nice little tease. Uh, had some good spots, some good stuff happen in it. It was hard fought and uh, it puts over Lance Archer, which is what we were there to do, right? Um, when we come back, we get a promo with FTR who were aggrieved that they were uh, left out of the tag team battle royale. And in retaliation, they kidnapped Marco Stunt. <laughs> They literally kidnapped him. It's a little They're taking kid him napping. Yes. <laughs> They're taking him to a black site. They're going to waterboard Marco stunt. Oh dear God. Oh, you hate Marco. to see it. They're going to do that thing where they like put really bright lights on and like play a couple seconds of heavy metal and then stop. And then it's quiet and they do it again. It's going to be basically Marco stunt is about to have to deal with the entire first act of zero dark 30. Oh Jesus. <laughs> but <laughs> will will we'll Marco survive. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Tully Blanchard could do some enhanced interrogation tactics. Yeah, I think he's probably done some in his time, you know, mostly in the <laughs> locker rooms. Just waterboarding mm. guys, like, for wrestler court. Yeah. You go to wrestler court, you have to buy The Undertaker a case of Bud Light and get waterboarded. Oh, my Jesus. Uh, we also get a Joey Janela promo. That's a rare thing, too, these yes. days. As he well, be... it's important because, yeah, we didn't mention this, but uh, during the... Darby Allen and his wrestle dad, uh, Steve Stinger promo. Uh, they announced that Darby's going to defend his title next week against the aforementioned Joseph Janela. Which means, hopefully, this means we get, uh, we get, uh, oh God, what, you know, why am I losing bad with names today? Jesus Christ. Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss. Sunny yes. Kiss better be back well, on Sunny, TV. Yeah. Well, Sunny, Sunny Kiss was billed as being with Joey Janela. So yeah, Sunny will be there. Yeah. So she better be there. Yes. And now, in preparation for our main event of the evening, I need to put on my New Japan hat for a second. So why? Why would you have to do that? Oh well. uh, There's no reason you would have to do that, though. That doesn't. Oh no, not at all. There's there's no reason at all that why we put on need to put on my New Japan hat, including the fact that Jay White returned to New Japan this week. Yeah, he did. And we talked about Jay White and where his landing spots could be a couple of weeks ago. And, and, and you and, were and, pretty firm that this is how it was going to go. Yep. And uh, did you notice 
uh, the burial he made on three of the people in this match, namely Kenny Omega, not. Carl Anderson, and Doc Gallows. He said that we are. He said that we are the real Bullet Club, not some guys. Uh, not not a. Uh, oh God, let, let me get the exact quote here. Get Hold the on. quote. Hold on, get I'm, that get, quote. I'm getting the oh, quote. You gotta it, get that quote because the quote is. Because if there's anything we want to hear, it's a soft-spoken New Zealand accent cutting an intense promo. Yeah, well, this there's is nothing better. Yep, this is from uh, my blog, StrongStyleStory.tumblr.com. Uh, Jay White declaring that he. He and the rest of the crew were the real Bullet Club and not a cheap ripoff trying to recreate the past to try and regain some relevance. Oh, meow. Ooh. I would like to see Reese Darby from Flight of the Concords be the manager of Bullet Club. Like, he's like, well, I can't manage the bands anymore, so I manage wrestlers. Right. Well, I mean, Jay White, present. Bedluck Valley, present. And (laughs) Murray, present. I'm glad you remember that Bad Luck Folly, also a uh, also a Kiwi. So you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know I know my Kiwi Bullet Club members. So uh, yeah, uh, how, that 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 is some burial. And you know what? That ain't gonna be the end of it either. As we get to the other half of the team in this uh, in this six man tag match, John Moxley teaming with two of the points of the Death Triangle, uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix. Yes, so this match bored out of necessity because apparently Pentagon's nursing a little injury. Yeah, of, of some kind. So uh, this was a fun match. Woo! Yeah, it was. Like about like we talk about there being like a, a lot of multi-man matches and them not always coming together, and sometimes they can just be too busy or for their own sake. This is about as well executed of a trios match of this nature that you can possibly ask for, right? Uh, oh yeah, completely. And it, I, I think this is probably a first-time matchup with Pac and you know and Guns and Gallows too. Uh yeah, you're probably right about that. Well, you think you know they probably. About cross paths in WWE. At oh some wait, point. I forgot about that. <laughs> they were there at the same time, and like they were probably they were in similar positions on the roster where like they would throw you know Neville in a tag match with some other guy. Against, I, I completely uh, forgot about the Neville guys. era. For some oh, yeah. reason, I, I had that blind spot. I was thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, during that time, uh, you know, he would have been in Dragon Gate. So you know, <laughs> well, he was dead ass in WWE for five years. I forgot about that. My God. <laughs> Just yeah, it was just there for a while. But um, okay, Getting well then I, I I take that I I take that back then. I'm pretty well, no, sure he was the NXT. He was a big deal in NXT and had a really good NXT run. Yeah, I'm also pretty well. I'm 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 pretty sure Phoenix may not have ever been up against Guns and Gallows though. Maybe and mm, uh, maybe not. Uh, yeah, probably not at that point because even their time that they've appeared in Impact, I don't think that they were there yet. Yeah, I'm not even. You know, so, yeah. I'm not. I'm not even gonna bother looking up cage no, match for no, this but... one. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, this, you know, is, this is. I mean, one of the things that really stands out when you have a, a gathering of wrestlers of this caliber, because like these are like, some of the best wrestlers in the world, right? Um, and and the big thing that stands out here, timing, right? Timing, timing, timing. All the timing was so good, and it leads to these really great sequences like we saw in the last couple minutes of the match where just everything came together perfect. You need things to, like, 
snap together. And you only have your margin of error for a lot of this stuff is maybe about half a second before it feels disjointed. Everything landed on time. That's it looked this much is true. I mean, they're I mean, all six of them are are, are professionals. I mean, you know, yeah. they uh... and like not just professionals, they're like top tier, like obviously Kenny Omega and Pac and Phoenix and John Moxley. Um, and I, I would say Carl Anderson also like some of the best like actual wrestlers and Luke Gallo is one of the best big men around, like one of the most effective big men. Right. Uh, Gallows, of course, gets the pin on Phoenix. You know, the, the biggest guy in the match pins the smallest guy in the match after uh, a magic killer. But God, this was such a back and forth. I, I, I bit the finish a couple of times, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, very- Post match, uh, you know, the, 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 that, Oh, the, the second rope spin kick that Phoenix did on this one, that little one where he springboards off and does that spinning back kick. Oh yeah. Holy shit. Perfect. Masterful. So perfect. Just, uh, God, I mean, can you imagine if Pentagon was able to be in this match? I mean, yeah, but it would have been at the at uh, the sacrifice of John Moxley being in it, and Moxley That's being true. in this match was a really interesting wrinkle. And now we still like have that in our pocket, right? If Death Triangle wants to show up and impact and fuck with these guys at some point, you have that. If you want to bring them back again, you have that. Uh, y- there are still options out there. So I think they did a really good job filling it in while you know keeping the door open. Um. With that in mind, uh, the the faux Bullet Club attempts to beat down uh, Phoenix. The Bullet Club. The Bullet Club. The, bl- the shooting blanks. <laughs> there you go. Um, the attempts to, attempts to beat down Ray Phoenix some more, and then uh, Lance Archer just kind of shows up and cleans house. A he's little bit. big and he's pissed, and he just beat another guy up, so he wants to beat these other guys up. I mean, it, it, it's great continuity with that. <laughs> He's a big man who like beat people up. And, you know, he has no loyalty to the Bullet Club. He was in Suzuki Gun. Yeah, no, he don't give a shit. He'll beat everyone's ass. That's the, I mean, that's what they're doing with this character, too, is like Lance Archer's a wrecking machine. That's right. And, uh, but that wasn't it. As a masked man entered the ring and attacked John Moxley, delivering a go to sleep because. It was CM Punk. Whoa, hey, crazy. CM Punk's back. Whoa. You bastard. (laughs) Uh, Kenta. Kenta. Kenta has appeared now. Uh, Incidentally. Uh, NXT buddy Hideo Itami. uh, Incidentally, that match is finally booked. Actually, it's probably already happened. But it'll be aired on the February 26th edition of NJPW Strong. Ah, okay. Wait, you think they've already taped that? I'm positive they've already taped it. Oh. Because they marathon these tapings. Like, I mean, when they did it during lockdown, it was like a six months worth of programming. To the, uh, to the point uh, of parody, because it's like, yeah, we know these guys are in Japan. Half these guys are in Japan right now, you know? Right, right. So, so I, this match will be aired on February 27th, you said? 26th. 26th, okay. Uh, well, American time, 27th in Japan on uh, on NGPW a, World. Uh, this is a pretty great way to build it. I also uh, liked uh, Kenta's Go to Sleep Club with the state of Florida on it. Yeah, and I also like the fact that... Uh, that as Kenny Omega was, you know, standing tall, you know, putting his foot on Moxley as if he was the one who conquered him, Kenta just kind of looked at Omega like, "Yeah, fuck you." you know? Yeah, that was like, no, that was really good because again, it's just little things that leave possibilities open. You know, and the it, animosity it, it, that's there makes you think, okay, well, maybe you know, put a pin in that one too. Yeah, well, again, he's 
part of the the actual Bullet Club now. So you know, which I yeah, it's it's the kind of dissension that you like to see, and it's the kind of layered storytelling that AEW has done a good job being able to call back and pay off to uh thus far so i'm I'm really excited to see what the possibilities are and if we're going to get any more kenta appearances i hope we get at least one more well let let the speculation begin of of what the 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 status between aew and and new japan pro wrestling is now if you could see one kenta tune-up match with someone from aew offhand who would you like to see him wrestle oh um it had to be so it had to be a baby face though too wouldn't that shit yeah, I'm proud. Oh fuck. Um, All right, I'll give you my answer while you think about go it. Go ahead. Do you do you know? Let me ask you this: Do you know what my answer is? No, I don't. It's it's Griff Griff Garrison, isn't it? It's Griff Garrison. Yeah, it's Griff Garrison. <laughs> yeah, it's Griff Garrison. Uh, God damn right, it's Griff Garrison. My answer: Jungle Boy. I, you know, that's basically saying Griff Garrison. <laughs> Only not Griff Garrison. So what you're saying is Griff Garrison. <laughs> and with that, we end the special beach break edition of AEW Dynamite. Uh, this was actually a, a hands-down, top-notch, bell-to-bell good show. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, there was some, some funny segments. There was some really good wrestling throughout. There were some storylines gen- forward. Genuine surprises. Yeah, absolutely. There was Kenta. There was Maki Ito. <laughs> so right. there's yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good stuff. A lot of stuff to look forward to. We're building. It it's crazy that uh uh it felt so far away, like the next pay-per-view, but now it feels like we're just bulldozing to revolution. You know, the, here's the, the, this is the fun, the funniest thing that I found about this show, that this was like a special named show, and we had we had no title matches on this show. I thought that was just odd. Titles ended. That's an interesting point. Yeah. I, I mean, there was plenty of material. Like, there was... Well, adult. you can't have the stakes be too high. Remember, it's just a beach break. We're taking yeah. a break around <laughs> the beach, you know? We got the sand between our toes. Uh, we're getting... Uh, Drinks served inside the shells of fruit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, for for uh, what's usually like considered a major show, this would yeah, there was no title matches. But you know what? It, it, we almost didn't need it because no, it yeah, be everything was good. It, a lot of it was was angle building, a lot of pieces being moved, but that's okay too. Uh, but again, we have some we had some actual uh, some actual surprises come from this. Yeah, and I, I'm very interested to see uh, where they go from here. Uh, the rest of the month is going to be some pretty solid episodes of Dynamite, I think, uh, as we get into Revolution. And I'm starting to get really hyped for Revolution. And by golly, we had a wrestling wedding, and it was it was gorgeous. Lovely. Just congratulations to the bride and groom and all the loved involved. And, you know, uh, uh, love is uh, togetherness. Love is... Eternity, love is. Uh, give me, give me some more descriptive words for love. Uh, love is uh, a journey. I, I was just letting you rant. Love is blind. <laughs> love is wrestling. There we go. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. 
You can follow me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ThickFlare where I may stream again one day, uh, but you have to follow to find out. Uh, definitely check out my other podcast. It's called Fake Fight Real Fight. It comes out every Friday. It is a combat sports entertainment podcast. Each week, me and my co-host Harry Mack examine uh, pro wrestling head-to-head with combat sports in a match-by-match or event-by-event format. Uh, this week's episode I'm very excited about. It's going to be about uh, Super Bowl related uh, combat sports activities. We're calling it Super Bowl Scuffles, and it's going to have some really good stuff in there. So check that out. Follow us on Twitter there you, at you, FFR Pod. You better be doing halftime heat. Oh, well, that's like you most better of be doing. It's going to be very centered around halftime heat, but there's a lot of good stuff. There were some really interesting UFC events that took place and some boxing that has taken place around Super Bowl weekend. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, too, and kind of the relationship that combat sports has with uh, piggybacking off of other events and larger mainstream sports and things like that. So definitely check that out. FFRF pod is our Twitter there. And of course, this podcast Twitter account at BGTD podcast. Uh, where you can tell me uh, your theories about characters from TV shows that Jeff hasn't seen. <laughs> there you go. Um, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel, two S's, one L. Uh, this past week, I released episode 50. Woo! Of busting balls into the into the wild and five uh, zero half a century half a century of episodes and we've uh, along with that we've given our uh, midterm grades for the Premier League season so far as we've already uh, gone past the halfway point so uh, but yeah please check that out and uh, that's uh, that's it so uh, Paul any last words Aloha we'll see you next week. <laughs>